Joel, I'm really looking forward to having another one of these conversations about um, leaders matter. And today, when I read the book, what stood out to me about the topic of prayer and leadership is just how powerful and how personal prayer is. And it's funny because in a lot of contexts, we miss both aspects of prayer. Um, On the one hand, we do prayer as a group a lot. And so a lot of times our experience with prayer is listening to someone pray for us in a group. And then at the same time, we all have a tendency, and I know this is true in my own life, to treat prayer as a last resort. So we come to prayer when we have no other options, which you don't get very far into the Bible realizing that prayer should be your first resort. And that's kind of where I want to kick off the conversation today is to say, you don't offer prayer in this book as a last line of defense. You actually say, this is the thing that we should be doing for our leaders. Of course, it's great to um, build relationships, as we we talked about in the last episode. Of course, it's great to advance different ideas and policies and concepts. But if it's not preceded by prayer, and if it's not uh, backed up in the moment with prayer, and if we're not following it up with prayer, then we're really missing out on the the bones of what you're you're talking about in this book. And you know, when I think about my own life, my tendency is always to think and to talk first, instead of to go and do the private and personal and the discipline of going before God and asking Him and telling Him what's on my heart and and being willing for Him to change my mind and my heart. And that's a difficult thing to do, but. Uh, as your book is going to talk about, and we're going to talk about today, the most necessary thing that we can do. This is The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast going beyond the politics and policies to focus on the people who lead in our communities, states, and nation. Conversations that restore the civility we need in our politics, while promoting the integrity we need in our leaders. The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder a resource from Oklahoma Capital Culture. So maybe the best place to begin is just to say, why is prayer such a central element uh, for engaging leaders? Why did you, when, when you're coming to this topic, and I know a lot of this is born out of your own experience in the Capitol, why is prayer at the top of your list? The first reason why prayer is just right at the heart of this method is because we all can pray. All people can pray. Now, not not everybody does pray. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that all people ought to pray or should pray or do pray, but we all can pray. Uh, We are living in a day and age where we seem to have no end to the ways that we can divide ourselves. The the things that we can we can invent. Uh, seem like they're they're developing every single day new ways to divide ourselves. So finding those things that are truly universal that really do bring us all together, uh, are the, those are powerful. Prayer is one of those things. All people can pray. Uh, we all pray in different ways, different traditions, different understandings. We have different practices. Um, but all of us can pray. So it's a, it's, a sing, it's a human endeavor common to all of us. And in that way, it's very unifying. Secondly, I've seen it work. I really have seen prayer work in promoting civility and integrity, cutting through gridlock, breaking down the conflict. When I stand 
in the well of the House chamber in the Oklahoma State Capitol to offer the invocation each legislative day, I really view that as a sacred moment. Mm -hmm. Now, I know it's a brief moment. I know that it's a relatively minor item on the agenda of the things they have to do that day. But it is a sacred moment to invoke God's blessing on the people that are about to do the work uh, of of navigating complex issues and legislation that will benefit and impact all of us. There's something that just kind of puts puts everybody almost at ease a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're geared up, ready to ready to come out the gate fighting, and they're still going to debate. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's still going to happen. There's nothing in the words that I'm about to pray that's going to suddenly say, oh, well, I'm not going to debate now. Right. That, I, that's not what's... They're still going to debate, but but in that moment, I truly believe that that we can we can call our own hearts and minds to a higher ideal, to desire good for each other in that room, uh, to desire that the product of the work would bless as many people as possible. That elevates not just not just the tone of the debate that's now about to come, but I pray that it also elevates the substance of the debate. I believe through prayer that, that God turns his ear to you every time you pray. Mm-hmm. Every time you pray, your voice is heard, and your voice is heard in a very important way. So that's why I put prayer right dead center. Right. Well, I definitely agree with that, and I think that you really can't stress those points enough but before we get too far into this conversation, I know there's probably people listening who are saying, but but what if you don't pray and it's not part of your life? And what if you don't believe in spiritual things? Yeah. Is there an opportunity for people who are listening and who are thinking, I'm, I'm not really a person of prayer, to still engage this method? If you're not a person of prayer, if you're not a person of faith, um, and you see that, that there is a lot of... of examples of prayer or discussion about prayer and praying for leaders, don't don't pass this book up or this process up just for that. One of the products of prayer is that it gives us a moment to pause, to be able to take a moment and think about what's really significant and what's mm-hmm. going on right now. You know, prayer is as much about ourselves as it is anything else. So, so that taking a moment to pause and self-reflect, um, thinking a little better about what's just happened and what you believe and what you're going to do, that's only going to benefit you. Right. That's whether you're praying or not. That's only going to benefit you. Yeah. Um, I I also refer to Arthur Brooks, who uh, has written a, a book recently called Love Your Enemies: How Decent People Can Save uh, America from the Culture of Contempt, and yeah. it is a magnificent book. Yeah, I enjoyed the, I, I, the parts in here where you're talking yeah. and discussing some of the quotes from that book. Well, I, I quote him like three or four times. He really explores uh, how people who, who are not uh, people of prayer or faith uh, can uh, can really do this very same method of, of, uh, of desiring good or better for our leaders, asking more for our leaders is the way I present it. Uh, and he talks about practicing warm-heartedness. And mm-hmm. this was something he actually learned from his friend, the Dalai Lama, in a personal conversation. But he said, go back and think about a time in which you truly just felt a, a warm feeling towards somebody else. Maybe it was 
uh, a family member, a friend who did something for you or was kind or, uh, or, or maybe it was somebody that you helped uh, or that you went out of your way to do some, something to serve them or a need they had. And there was that sense of warm, really just warmth within you that you mm-hmm. felt towards that person. Go back and think about that. And now do anything and everything you can in your own mind uh, to to generate that feeling again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so prayer is is one practice, an obvious method mm-hmm. for doing this 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 step of asking more for leaders. But you, sure. you don't have to just be a person of prayer. Yeah, there's an internal part. There's an external part. We think of mm-hmm. prayer, you know, praying to God. Christians are commanded to pray for mm-hmm. those who are in leadership and. Of course, the point that you're making here, too, is the internal portion of prayer. Whether you're a Christian and you believe that as you pray, God is going to change your heart and your mind by His Spirit, whether you believe that it's just a good opportunity to center yourself. A lot of what I read in that section about Arthur Arthur Brooks is there's a centering and a, and a recalibrating of your disposition that takes place. There's a humility that takes place in prayer a sense of dependence. So there's all kinds of ways that we actually come to a better mindset, make better decisions, um, think more prudently and responsibly by taking a moment, whether that's just to meditate. You see that you know meditation is, is on the rise for some reasons that I think are similar to why people have prayed in every faith for thousands of years. Yeah. There's something really powerful to taking those moments to think, to pray, to ask for help, um, to cycle through what's going on in the world and what you're going to do about it. Somebody asked me this question not too long ago, and it was. It, and I want to ask it to you. If you were talking to someone who's never heard of prayer before, mm-hmm. and now let me take it to the next step. Imagine, if you will, this person has only just learned the English language. Uh-huh. Okay? And, and you are talking to them, how would you describe prayer? That's a, that's a great question. I don't know if I've ever thought about it this way before, but prayer at its simplest is talking to God. Mm-hmm. Think about it, especially the way that the Bible describes prayer. It doesn't have to be anything formal. doesn't have to be long. Just the act of talking to God, letting Him know what's on your mind and your heart, letting Him know what you're thinking about, what your desires are, and uh, we believe that God actually answers those things. So maybe the most stunning thing that I would say to someone who's never heard of prayer before is, if you're a Christian, if you believe in God, God has said he wants to hear from you. And not just that, that your prayers actually matter. That when you pray for things, God responds. And yes. uh, I, I would tell that person, it doesn't have to be in a certain place. You don't have to use any certain words. There's no magic formula. It's just talking to God like you would talk to anybody else and making known to him what's on your heart. And circling back to a lot of things that we've just talked about, the effects of prayer are all the things that we've mentioned. But the act of prayer is so simple. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so powerful. Prayer is communication. Mm -hmm. That's how I responded. Definitely. It's, It's communication. It's a communication that we have with ourselves. And we've already talked a little bit about this, so we don't need to go too far back into it. But... Prayer helps us to know ourselves better. It helps us to to think about the things that really matter to us. It helps us to consider um, maybe the things that we are thinking that aren't right or true, that are driving the feelings and the and the positions that we are wanting to take. 
it, it helps us to really understand who, who we are better. Prayer is also communication with others. And, and oftentimes, prayer is done corporately and with other people. Um, and like you said, you're listening to somebody speak and voice a prayer for you or for everybody. That's, that's important because when you're praying in that way, and I get to do this as, as the chaplain in the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. you get to hear what somebody else is desiring for you. Mm-hmm. And so I always encourage, you know, in those times of prayer, we're praying for everybody in that chamber, um, whether they are in leadership or a freshman legislator, mm-hmm. where they are uh, in rural or urban districts, whether they are conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat, we are desiring good things for each other. And when you hear somebody, maybe somebody that you disagree with, mm-hmm. standing up and speaking that about you, that, that makes a difference. So prayer is communication with, within ourselves, with others. And as you said, it's, it's a communication with God with a higher power. It, it helps us to, to know God. Um, you, you need things. Uh, you need wisdom. You need guidance. Uh, and God says, ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we can pray and ask God for help. Ask God for guidance. Ask God for insight. Ask God for wisdom and understanding. Um, prayer it's it's an interesting thing. Prayer simultaneously humbles us and lifts us up. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, just how how commonly you know the convention in, in our society is you bow your head when you pray. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a an act of humbling yourself. So if you're looking in in a state capital where power is a very important dynamic, right? And you have you. Know, Tenure, you have leadership, you have committee chairs. You, I mean, they're, they're, the power dynamics are all over the place. But in that moment, every head is bowed. Right. There, there's this humbling. We're all on the same level, and at the same time, it lifts us up. If we if we are humbling ourselves before each other, before God, and desiring good for each other, it, it's really remarkable what happens. From the standpoint of being the chaplain from seeing how leaders engage, political leaders engage, and, and the work they do each day, what are the things specifically and what are the ways specifically that we can be praying for leaders? Well, I include in the book, um, actually I speak specifically to that. I talk about what do we pray, how do we pray, who do we pray for. Uh, and if you go back to the first step of the process, of the method, the approach to engaging leaders, believe leaders matter, a product of that first step is that we learn to hold in distinction the, the person from their position. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a humanizing effect that this step of the process does. We, we begin to really see them as people, people with problems, people with struggles, people with responsibilities, uh, people with families. Uh, and one of my favorite um one of the great privileges that I have as a chaplain is to get to have conversations with family members, spouses, uh, kids of legislators, and and I hear things like, you know, one one year uh, uh, we had multiple deaths in the family right at the beginning of of session, and 
and she just really didn't get a chance to grieve. Mm. That was a hard year. Uh, or one year, uh, he got so sick, had 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 two bouts of, of bronchitis and pneumonia, um, and has had to work through it. Um, one one legislator uh, told me that that I just I I get so burdened. Um, one spouse of the legislator said, "I get so burdened for him because." Uh, he just works so hard, especially during legislative deadline weeks when he's trying to keep a bill alive that he really believes will help his district, and he just he doesn't want to let people down, remembering that they are people carrying that responsibility, and, and so pray for them as people. Mm. Uh, their lives don't stop when they, when they are at the Capitol doing the work of the people. And so uh, the, there's a key strategy that we read of in, in one of the letters that Paul writes to Timothy. And Paul is writing to his friend, giving him advice on how to lead the church to really transform the culture. For those who do pray, we are given a very specific uh, word mm-hmm. of wisdom from one of the most significant writers of the New Testament about how we can best make an impact on our world around us and our culture around us. And he says, begin by praying for leaders. And so, and so pray for them, pray for their families, pray for their um, health. Uh, in Oklahoma, the legislative session runs from February to May. It's a marathon. Um, that's typically the height of cold and flu season, pneumonia. Um, uh, that's also in the middle of, of well, it's kind of as the tornadoes are kicking up. I mean, so right. there's, it is a marathon uh, and it's exhausting. So pray for them to rest well. I, every every Thursday when I pray before the legislative sessions end for that week, I pray that as they go home to their districts that they would truly rest so they could come back ready to work. Pray for their families because many of them spend every week, the whole week, disconnected from their families. They, they travel, they drive multiple hours and, and they'll stay... Uh, in an apartment or something that they have reserved uh, during just during session, uh, and so they're they're not with their community, they're not with their families, they're not with their uh, their typical support system. So so pray for them and their families as they have to endure that time of being disconnected. Um, and, and so they're just pray for them as you would pray for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, think about a time that you really needed, you really needed help, you really needed. Some just maybe it was a word of wisdom, maybe it was provision of some kind, maybe there was some resources that you needed. Maybe you just you just needed a little grace, mm-hmm. somebody just to have a little grace for you. Um, pray for them as if you'd pray for yourself in a moment like that. Yeah. Well, one of the things I really liked about the book and one of the more helpful sections of the book to really be able to grasp this were the examples that you included of prayers that you have and and devotions that you've done in the Capitol. And I just want to take the opportunity to say, number one, bring us into the process a little bit of what you're thinking as you're developing these prayers and as you're delivering them. But then two... um, can you give us a couple of examples of these prayers that you included for leaders uh, that we can find in the book? Yeah, I've known some truly anointed prayers before. You know, people who who just are truly anointed when they pray. Right. I don't count myself as one of them. 
Um, but again, all people can pray. Mm-hmm. And I have had the experience of, of praying in the context of the Capitol. So I wanted to also give some examples of what that looks like to do it. And so if you're not a person of prayer, I, I hope what you will find in some of these examples are are ideas of what it means to desire good mm-hmm. for our leaders. Um, my process uh, has really been built around the idea of of praying a scripture, praying a praying a, some word of wisdom that I find in in scripture, and typically it's in the Psalms. Not always, mm-hmm. uh, but but a lot of the times it'll be in the Psalms. May, maybe there was something insightful in what I said. Maybe not, mm-hmm. but there's something meaningful in the scripture. Right. So definitely. so I, yeah. I I always kind of pick some some passage. And, and then I key off of that. I also yeah. really like to go to the to the Proverbs. A lot of that maybe came from a king. Right. Came from a ruler, somebody that, that they could sympathize with, a person in leadership. I really like to look at the Psalms that David wrote because mm-hmm. we see somebody who was uh, a leader of people. And I, I try to also make that connection for them by going to those passages hear a a word of wisdom from somebody who has walked the path of leading others before. Uh, Inevitably, every legislative session since I've been a chaplain uh, and working in the state capitol in Oklahoma for sure, there's been some extraordinary challenge Hmm. um, that creates some some level of, of, of pressure and strain that in the moment, you don't see the end sight. <laughs> but you'll get there, but it's, it may feel like a, like a marathon to get through it. There's a passage in Ecclesiastes that I've prayed for them many times, and I include, I include this in, in one of the examples, that you know, the end of the matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than, than a quick word. And, and uh, I often, when I'm praying that, passage, I'll say, you know, we're neither at the beginning nor the end of the matter. We're in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, But the end is coming. So uh, persevere through it. They're great examples. And I know that if you piece through the prayers and read them, pray them, you know, as you're reading them, they will inspire and also shape and form and, and they're instructive. And, you know, what runs underneath all the prayers in that book and what I love the story you told at the beginning of the sacred moments that mm-hmm. you've experienced. Prayer is the most important thing you can do for leaders. Not just advance an agenda, not just try to uh, get them to do what you want them to do, but actually taking the moment to pray for them mm-hmm. and to think through the things that you feel, to um, speak to God, or even as you mentioned, just take a moment to speak to yourself about the things that you're desiring. And so uh, we all can pray. And that's the place we all need to begin. That's kind of the bedrock, I think, of this, of this book. If we want to solve the problems of incivility and the lack of integrity that we have in our political system, it starts with us. Thank you for listening to The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast from Oklahoma Capital Culture. Oklahoma Capital Culture is a nonprofit organization shaping a culture of civility, integrity, and servant leadership among policymakers through nonpolitical and nonpartisan engagement. Learn more about Oklahoma Capital Culture and how you can help shape the leadership culture at www.capitalculture.com.